I want to greet the church this morning. Praise God. In in Africa we say amen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I bring greetings from Kenya, first uh, from my own family. Um, as you know, um, my names, I know, if those who can't remember, is called Ishmael Ochieng Okuku, married to one wife with four boys. <laughs> In Africa, they they tend to say you need to remind people you have one wife. <laughs> Some may have more, but uh, uh, <clears throat> here I stand uh, as um, a child of God and um, uh, a man with one wife and four children, all are boys, uh, 20, 15, and 8, and 6 and a half. <laughs> We spread. Yeah. Again, I want to bring the greetings of the saints. When I was coming, I, uh, I, I spent time during Christmas night. I spent at the one of the chapel called Grace, and I did testify. They prayed for me when I was coming, and they said, uh, when you meet the saints, pass our greetings. Amen? Amen. Uh, <laughs> Again, I, I was privileged to attend the Believers Conference in Tennessee, and uh, I met uh, several brothers and sisters, and truly, it was a great moment of refreshment. Spiritually, I was blessed. And uh, uh, they said, when you go back, wherever you, you, you meet the saints, pass the greetings. <laughs> that is in America. But anyway... Today, I'm humbled to be back here again. I was here several years ago. Uh, that time, Scott DeGrove and the team, I think, was in the area, and uh, they were doing evangelism in the university. And then uh, I accompanied Mal- Elder Malcolm, and uh, on a Sunday, I came and uh, um, worship here. And then those years, I've never been back. But by the grace of God, uh, the Lord has enabled me to be back here to meet with you. I'm so humble to be here today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, in a few minutes, the Lord has given me to stand before you. I know I stand before Bible scholars and uh, you will pray for me <laughs> that uh, <laughs> um, I will be right in the word that God has laid in my heart to share with you. And um, I must say uh, briefly, uh, I came to know the Lord in the year 1989. Uh, I was born in a Christian family. My dad went to, was a soldier actually, went to Second World War. He's still alive, strong, and uh, happy to uh, serve his Lord, as old as he is. And uh, I'm happy to see him still. And... Um, as he came back from war, he married late. I'm the firstborn. He's 89, still strong. And now I was born in a Christian family, lived as a, a child, going to Sunday school like the ones doing. But when I grew to a teenagerhood, uh, my life changed. I went to a little bit away from the Lord, and uh, that was painful to my family. 
uh, for a while, but later the Lord found me on my own capacity as an individual. And I remember one evening uh, with a friend, uh, we were doing some work to make money, and um, after doing that, the money was together, you know. So I had to follow him to go look for my portion, and uh, he was going in an evening meeting in their church. And when I followed him in the church, and I found the meeting is going on like we are doing now, I had to sit at the back next to the door, back door, waiting. As I was waiting, uh, and the preacher was sharing the gospel, that's how the Spirit of God caught up with me. The preaching was on me, and on me I was wondering. Somebody told this guy about my life, but that was not true. Uh, God was speaking to me, and I had a very strong conviction, and I felt uh, shedding tears, and uh, later the brother came and hold me, told me, young man, today is the day of salvation. Are you ready? And I said, oh yeah, uh, I'm ready. And he said, call upon the name of the Lord. And uh, since that day, I've never been the same again. I've seen God working in my life and through my life to change others. And gave me a ministry to serve. It's been um, great to be in the hand of the Lord and uh, obeying him day by day to serve him among our people. Mostly I'm called in Africa. I went to, uh, I had a, a privilege to go to Zambia with my wife and two children to study in one of the colleges, Bible College of our Brethren, then came back to Kenya in a full-time ministry. So me and my family, we are national missionaries in Kenya. That's how the Lord has called us. Anyway, in brief, uh, I would, uh, what, it's amazing today since we, even the time of worship, uh, the Spirit really was speaking through to us about grace. And that's what I was thinking uh, to share uh, together from the book of Titus when um, uh, the Spirit of God was speaking through Titus to the church and um, chapter 2 if we may have time or you may read all of this but because of time I'm not going to read everything I'll just read um, from verse 11 uh, trained by saving grace, according to my translation. Um, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself, for his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Uh, let's pray. Dear everlasting Father, we humbly come before you again this very moment. We trust your word than anything else. Holy Spirit, we pray that in a few moments you're going to give us 
May you open our hearts and our ears and uh, reveal yourself through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Um, as we read this, I've been, I've been thinking through these verses, even back home we've been talking about this, um, uh, the power of the grace and what that grace has done. This grace that we have been given has bring, uh, uh, the Lord has called us as a church, as an individual, to bring change to the world. I remember what the Lord Jesus said when he was speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, when he was almost uh, uh, finishing, he said, and now you are the light of the world and you are the salt. But when we we bring that in in reality, then we we put our life in uh, uh, to reflect what the grace mean. This is what has been troubling me to say, Lord, how will I be real light? I don't know how that has also been. Uh, you've been thinking about it, but um, uh, the letter is written to Titus to talk to the church just like we are here today, that, well, sometimes it's, it's sad. We live like we don't understand, though we understand, but we don't understand what grace means. Because the real meaning of grace need to come out clear when we live it. When we are now living a life of a true believer of Christ. That is when the reality of what we call grace the world is testing it. Oh, this is what grace means. And this is what we are struggling with in Africa to say what has grace revealed in reality. Well, we see that the grace of God that brings salvation. He brought salvation to us. Yes, I met the Lord. I have testified. I know, I believe every one of us here or if any, Maybe, but I, I tend to believe all of us are believers or in one time met with Christ that they can have a testimony. But that's not enough all, all, only. That grace revealed to us that brings salvation has appeared to all men. I believe it appeared to you and me, teaching us that to deny ungodly. This is a big responsibility that we must realize. We were not just revealed the grace to sit, but there are a work God expects us to, there is a way God expects a believer to behave. Number one, to deny ungodliness. In other words, to be empowered to say no, which is not a normal thing. You know, uh, the, the <laughs> to say no to what is ungodly it's a real work. Uh, many times we failed in this part. When it comes to say, oh, I was tempted, all this happened, we have excuses. And if you can remember, rightly from the beginning, even in Genesis, this same case happened uh, to our first fathers. You know, Adam and Eve, or more especially Adam, he had to say no to what is wrong. But to the, the response, the way he did it, 
well, really was not fulfilling. God was not satisfied. The way he responded, he said the woman, you know, the ex, and that still happened to date. People, we are believers, but sometimes we find we are, we, we find ourselves in a compromise situations whereby when you ask somebody, you say, oh, you know, I was tempted, you know, we are not ready to really give our life completely to the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit in us took, uh, which is greater than the one in the, in the world. So you wonder why, yes, we claim to be believers, but sometimes we are defeated, which means we need to do more assignment. We need to study and to yield to the Spirit more, because sometimes uh, we may find that we don't give fully the Holy Spirit chance to control us, that we may fulfill what the grace means, 100%. Though that grace covers us and uh, uh, help us to continue, but we find that there are, remember, we have assignment as a church and as a believer to, um, to change the world or to be the light. Because when we are light, light scare away the, the darkness. Or when we are the salt, like it mentioned, the salt has got a specific power and work to do. So the question we need to ask ourselves as the believers in this generation, that are we really yielding to the spirit that the world may completely experience the power in us? That's the question. And we are crying for that every day. And where is the source of this power? How can the grace be re-energized in us? This is also another big question which has been going on. I think to me, or to the way the Lord has uh, sustained us, the other side of the sea, we've depended more on prayer. Because when we pray more, then the Spirit of God gets chance to rule our life. And that will automatically prove to the world that there's something different here. But many times when we try to go out there with our knowledge and our understanding, our own way we know it, sometimes it doesn't work. You get what I mean? That we need to yield to the Spirit and more how can that work better? We need to spend more time in prayer. You know, sometimes we wonder, uh, what did Jesus mean to the disciple when he said, some demons cannot go, simply go like that, until you pray and fast. You know, I've been thinking about that. Yes, it is a normal, which means that sometimes we need to uh, commit ourselves in more serious prayer than the way we may just say, okay, I'm praying. Well, sitting or we, I was testifying to a brother or some brethren that early before even I start the ministry or whatever I will be sharing about Shelter of Hope, uh, I was commended by the assembly called Kimathi Chapel to, as a full-time. And then there were some challenges we were facing through when I went to preach the good news in the slums, open air, people get saved, 
Then the following week, going back, following up, I found the same people lining up to, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to receive the food from this Indian. Uh, we have a lot of Indian brothers who are doing business. They're rich and they have temples. So they take uh, the food to their goddess. Then after they worship, they collect those and then they put in a truck, they take to the poor people in the slums. So they line up and they are fighting for it. And um, one day when I go to follow up the people who have received the Lord and have responded to the gospel, I found them <laughs> lining up to pick this food of goddess. And I had a big struggle and a war in my heart with God. Say, God, if I know you, the true God, and I've, I've preached the gospel, these people have known the truth, and now they are lining up together with pagans, so where is my God? You know, I was struggling with that, you know. And that's how the Lord revealed this ministry to us of um, Shelter of Hope, which I will talk later. But you see, uh, one of the key things here in this uh, 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 chapter or verse we have read in Titus, the instruction to the church that know that the, uh, once the, the grace has, uh, has been revealed to you, to all of us, that brings salvation, then we have been called, uh, this is going to teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. To deny ungodliness and worldly lust. The whole world is controlled by lust, by want. People, people are never satisfied. You know, they want this, they want this. Not that what we need. Even things we don't need. You find the, 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 the ruler of the world are blinded even the believers even not to be sensitive. To know that don't have what you don't need. But the, we are controlled and ruled by lust and want and all this. I need this. I want that. I want this. Even things we don't need. Until we forget our main responsibility and we forget again that we are only ambassadors in this world. We are passing. You know, you, you, sometimes we live like we are, <laughs> we are permanent here. Sometimes we forget. Even as believers, we can't cheat ourselves. Even sometimes I, I find myself maybe tempted to be like that. So the question here is that we've been called to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Because there is a way the world live outside here. When you are here on the uh, the eve of that uh, night of of uh, opening the year, you could uh, you could wonder what's happening, how the world is rising, and all vehicles everywhere. You see, and the things people want to do, even things they don't need. But we need to be sensitive. We are called to be sensitive. As the children of God. That really is the grace in us. Which has revealed freely. The undeserved favor we have. Are we using it correctly? Are we really uh, appreciating it? To the fullest. This is the question. Yes. Grace was revealed to me. Thank you father. But do I think. As I live my day-to-day -day life as a believer, 
who has received the grace free of charge, am I really using it correctly? Am I, do, am I doing my correct duty? That even when the Lord comes today, he will appreciate and say, well done, faithful servant. Do I think so? This is what I would love us uh, to challenge ourselves as the church and the body of Christ. Even uh, the Lord placed here in America and even us in Africa to remember that in 2020, what is the commitment we are making with the Lord? That Lord, with the grace you've revealed to me, this year I'm beginning and I'm promising you that I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to make sure I do my role as a true child of God. Can we attempt to make that promise to our God this year? <laughs> that is a, is a serious commitment, right? Because, uh, you know, I always call God as a serious businessman. I know there are businessmen here. But let me tell you, <laughs> there is no business you can succeed if you are not serious. You must be a serious. You must be on time. You must plan. Sometimes we find that God's ministry and responsibility is not even in our program agenda of the day. Yet we claim the grace. Because if you look your agenda of the day or the program, the list of the things you do on the day, where is God? From Monday, tomorrow is work beginning. Where is the God in either before the day ends. Sometimes, some believers, the only, <laughs> the only day which is in their calendar is Sunday. The rest of the day you wonder. Yet they still claim the grace is abound. Yes, it's okay. God is a God of love. That's true. But we remember that the time is coming when all of us shall stand and give an account. This is reality with us. We can't we, we can't pretend about this. All of us shall stand before the Father and give an account how we used the talent he gave. He gave each and every one of us while still standing on our two feet. The job is to go to the world to tell the world about the good news that Christ has arisen. The, 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 the ministry of those women. You remember the day after the after Christ died, then we were told women discovered Isaro is arisen from the dead. And he's alive. And that is the ministry that was left to all of us that we must tell the world. Well, telling the world and reaching the world is not only one way. We, we can reach the world in whichever way, wherever the Lord places us at work, in different situations, but the any single opportunity we have, God expects us to express the power of the grace in us. It is not a must to be in only one same formula. No. Somebody is at work. Maybe you are a machine operator or you are working with your people. That's the place God has put you on a daily basis to say His grace. To let the world know the power of the grace. Uh, uh, this grace has given a power. Another verse is, which is related to this, which really encouraged me a lot, is John 
say to them who believe in him were given power to become. I like that. So automatically that change. Once somebody believe and accept Jesus Christ, everything change. Because he say, I've been given power to become the child of God. Right? So you know the power. So sometimes when you look, some believers or we look ourselves sometimes, we look like a police who has been trained and given power with the government, but they don't use the, the they don't use those powers the government has given them. Will will that police policeman be useful to the, that government? Do you think that policeman will be useful? Yes, he put on the uniform, he's a police officer with guns, but he doesn't use them when, when need arrives. Do you think it's useful? Yes, there will be a question. And that is exactly how sometimes, most of the time, we find ourselves as believers who have been empowered, have been given guns, the spiritual guns, to fight the war, but sometimes we are dormant. We kind of, we, we keep the guns. We, we don't, we don't even like understand the power of this gun I'm holding. The enemy can come, uh, meander around, play around with us, but we are just calm. We need to use the gun. You get what I, <laughs> you know, in, me, I train my soldiers, my, the, the young people I meant, I tell them we are soldiers in Christ. We are soldiers, and that's, uh, that's the, the norm I use. I believe we have been called to be soldiers in Christ. It's a serious business. Because the one who is in the world is not laughing with us. is tearing apart our children. is killing our children, our women. is bringing all this manner of things. is busy 24 hours to make sure he brings us down. We must be awake to know that we are at war. And this war is spiritual war. Warfare. And uh, Paul speaks about this war openly to the believers to remember that you've been called to a war and we must put on all the the armor. You remember? So it's a serious business here. The helmet, the belt, the, you know, the sword. Are we armed with all this day, every day, every minute? And the enemy should know. We are soldiers. We are not joking. When it comes to the spiritual sense. Because we will attack him in prayer. In fellowship. In love. These are formula for the church to defeat the enemy. How much do we work together as believers? How much do we love each other? How much do we embrace one another? Paul say you are better than me. That level of humility to one, to one another. That those are the way to defeat the last and the things of this of the world that we are being reminded here that um, remember um, <clears throat> to deny the ungodliness and worldliness we should live soberly we should live sober I like the earlier verse if you read Paul uh, addressed each and every group in the church in the church we have elders we have women we have youths. If you read um, um, 
The other part you will hear. Each and every one of us has got a responsibility. Sometimes the younger generation have got a challenge. Some think when you are still young, there are a lot of time to do whatever is not right. That's not true. There is no time to be wasted. Once God calls you, even as a young man, it is as good as you may make use of it when you are young and to deny the ungodly. You see, I know the younger generation now is, is really um, fighting a very terrible fight because of influence of the computer world and the what have you, all this. But how, the questions, how can a young man live a good life, a spiritual life? Heed the word of God in your heart that you may not sin against the Father who have called it. That's the secret. There is no secret somewhere. Secret is to accept the power of the grace and let the grace absorb you and live in the word and the word to live in you then that is when you have power. That is the bullets, that the gun we have been given to say no to the devil. When he calls you to do this, you tell him, no, I'm a child of God. I'm sorry. Because you have bullet in you. We've been given power. It's not a joke. It's a serious power. Sometimes we talk like this or we read the Bible, say John 1, 12, to them who believe were given power, it's like a, some people take it like a joke. It's not a joke. Le, remember when the Lord met with the possessed man who was torturing and roaming around in the graves. What happened? He told those demons start manifesting even before they reach. He said, teacher, why have you come to finish us? You see, trembling. Because the power in the Lord. That is the same power which was transferred to those who believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he promised to say, I shall never leave you, nor forsake you, and I shall be with you until the end. That is the promise from God, not from President Trump, neither Uhuru Kenyatta of my country. Imagine, that is a promise from the Son of God, Promising us that we go to war is with us. No doubt. He is the commander. He is the army commander. He is saying go. He is telling you no. No enemy will attack, will defeat you. I am with you. you. Is that not enough? To trust. You know a singer say. How sweet to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. In him. We can trust in him. And when we trust in him, all these things which we are called to do, required to do, shall automatically work for us. We shall get strength to deny the lust of the world. We shall get the strength to say no to the devil. We shall get the strength to keep, to be on top on our prayer life. You know, prayer is a weapon to attack the enemy the spiritual world, realm. We've seen this and because, you know, when, <clears throat> when we talk about faith, you know, in, in, my, in, my, in my situation as a Kenyan or African, I don't know how you people understand faith. But let me tell you, 
We, when you said you believe, it is a faith with, with no promise. You believe the Lord will do it. And literally move and wait and trust. That's how I know it. But uh, one day I met somebody uh, in, in America somewhere. And uh, he was telling people, God has called him to Philippines. Okay? That he was going to serve the Lord in Philipp, <laughs> Philipp, the, a county called Philippines. Then he, he had a list of the people that he was contacting to promise him, when I'm in Philippines, you will be sending me how much commit. I, I, I was shocked. I saw only that in America here. We do, I've never seen that in Africa. Because when you say, uh, the, when I was called by the Lord, nobody, I was told by the elders, look upon the Lord who has called you. He will sustain you. He will lead you. He will provide your need. I, it's me, but it's not a joke. You must be out to be a real soldier. Yeah, it's not a joke. Praise God. You say amen. amen. <laughs> well, uh, as we finalize my, uh, whatever the Lord laid in my heart today, um, uh, I like one thing that is mentioned that in this press, the Spirit of God knew that there shall come an age in this present age where terrible things are happening. Things are happening, you wonder. But let me tell you, God has put us here to be the light, to bring, to sow a different side of life. Even though things are happening like that, but we shall remain faithful to the end. We shall remain faithful that the Lord will use us to be the real light to show the other side. That there is another life that if you trust, people are looking hope. People are looking hope in wrong ways. People are looking life in different ways. But we have one way. is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. He's our Lord and Savior. He died once and for all. And he has a promise for each and every one of us that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. And uh, that is enough for me. You know, I don't need to worry. Why do you worry? You know, <laughs> why do we live? We, we live in the church and we live as believers with a lot of worries. Oh, this will happen. No, relax. Because the spirit of God is in control. If you trust him, you don't need to worry. You need to relax. I always say, relax, my friend. Because he is in control. He is in control. You don't need to worry. Oh, this will happen. No. He is. He has promises us. His promise is yea and amen. And he is faithful. One characteristic of our God, our Lord, is that he will never fail the ones he called. And he trust. He will never fail you. So, even knowing that promise, then we don't need to worry, to panic at all. And um, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing 
of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawlessness, deed, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. You know, God will only empower us when we also show our commitment on our part. The, the, the word of God is speaking about the zealous people. How much are we zealous for the things of God, for the work of God? How much, even if I feel like afraid, but I'm saying, God, I want to do it. I feel afraid, but uh, I need your help. How much do you say that? Or you just sit aside, you say, no, that's not my, uh, let me just go. Others are doing. No. Even if when you, we feel we don't, we can't do it, but we honestly speak to the Father and we saw that sealessness in our heart, the Lord will empower us. The Lord will come alongside us. He will encourage us. He will lift up our faith. One day, you remember, the, uh, uh, the, the, the disciples saying, Lord, add us more faith. Because they realize they need him. Sometimes we feel like that. Even us who are here still. Sometimes, yes, I'm a soldier, but you feel afraid. Sometimes you feel, <laughs> but you say, oh, Lord, I'm facing this war, but I need you. I need your help. This, I can't face this alone. I need you in through prayer and submission. And then at the end of the day, we are going to see the victory of the Lord. One thing I want to leave you with. God, number one, is faithful. He is a promising God. He promises to say, if you remain faithful, I will never disappoint you. I will never leave you. I will be with you. Those are things which has hold me. Even when things are tough. Because I know the force behind me. He said, I've got John 1. And I quote this. And another verse which has hold my faith as a young man is Joshua 1.8. If you are a young man, remember that those verses are pillars. If you are a real soldier, remember Joshua 1.8. Because God... Is making a deal with Joshua. He's saying, if you keep my commandment, I will do this. If you do this, I will do this. It's a deal, you know? Okay? It's a what? Yeah. God is a God. That's why I say God is a serious businessman. Yes. When you are out to do business with God, you will succeed. And, and you are serious, you are going to succeed in your business with God. But if you are joking, jokers never succeed in business outside here, even normal business. If you are a joker, you will never succeed. You must be serious. You must program yourself with God. You must plan your prayer time. You must know what and when and where. All this you must be aware of as a child of God. But if you live an ignorant life, I'm sorry for you. Everything come, you take, you hear everything, they will dilute your faith. You must plan your life as a believer. And I need to be reminded, what time am I supposed to stop? I don't need to bore you. Fifteen? A quarter, yeah. Okay. 
So, yeah, maybe two minutes. <laughs> the way I see, yeah? Am I right? Two minutes remaining, then we are done. So you will still love me, yeah? <laughs> anyway, in a nutshell, it was very good to, to be with you as the, the Church of Christ here at Boulevard, and um, I love you with the love of God. And uh, I felt in my heart to remind ourselves these things to, to know that the grace had been revealed. And can we for sure be there to do serious business with our God and he will never fail us. And we can pray. Dear everlasting Father, we again come to, before you this afternoon. Lord, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege and opportunity you have given us even to know the power of the grace. How we pray, our Father, and we want to confess that wherever area we have failed in uh, years past, we are confessing to say this 2020, renew our faith. Strengthen our faith to know the power in us. Help us to use all the bullets you've given us that we may fight a good fight. Because the days are coming that all of us, and the reward is with you, we are assured, and it is well written in your word, that the reward is with our God. That a day comes, all of us shall stand before him and shall receive the crown. And he shall say to the faithful ones that, well done, faithful servant. Father, how we are longing to see that day. But before the day comes, Lord, we pray that you will grant us your wisdom. That we shall walk worthy before you. That we shall live to be true light to this darkened world. And may your name be blessed. And thank you for this chapel. Thank you for the people of God. Bless them abundantly and guide each and every one of them, both young and old. And thank you even for the leadership of this church. Father, may you open their hearts and their minds to see beyond that there are opportunity that we may, you may use us even to affect this world. May your name be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray.